0: And now, your
1: hosts for today's show. Hi, everyone. I'm Jodi, and welcome to The Living Room. Today, we're joined by... Janet. Michelle. Michelle and (laughs) Jana. So, Michelle and Jana and Jodi. And today, we get to talk about something I'm really happy to talk about, because it's so wonderful to think about the people who have changed my life. Author Max Lucado writes, God changes the world with folks like you and me. And isn't that just perfect, you know? We we, we think of the, the big people that we can all start to list that, you know, have changed the world and changed history, but our little world, our own personal space, really it it comes down to God changing the world one person at a time, just with folks that are ordinary, just like you and me. So today we want to share with you who has changed us, who has shaped us, who has influenced us, who has in, encouraged us. A few people stand out as remarkable souls who have contributed to our lives that were forever that will forever be shaped by them. And actually I have to correct that because there's not just a few. We could probably as we said before we started recording, we could do show after show after show about people that have given us something and influenced us in some way. So think about as you listen to us share our stories, think about those individuals who have changed your life? Ask yourself that question. So we're gonna start, and even though all of us could fill hours and hours of time talking about either our parents or our children or aunts and uncles, grandmothers and grandfathers, I'm gonna challenge you, pick one family member today, just one family member. How has this
2: family member changed your life? Who wants to go first? I will. I had a grandmother who was pure magic. I've talked about her before. I probably I'll talk about her a hundred times because she was amazing and she was my Mrs. Santa Claus grandmother, Grandma Winters, and she even was named. Right? Isn't that the most Santa Claus name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, she was amazing, and everything she cooked tasted like magic. But she was just joyful, and everything about her just she treated you like you were the most important thing in the universe, and that she was just delighted by every little thing you said or did, and she taught me simple joys we would sit in the backyard and have a contest who could vote on which one of the evening primroses would open up first right just little beautiful things like that she taught me how to crochet and she taught me so many beautiful things and I just think she taught me how to how to appreciate the simplest most beautiful things in life and rejoice over them how about that it sounds beautiful to me it, it it honestly it was the foundation for my life it it shaped who i was as a child it shaped how i felt about myself it shaped how i saw the world and i see those qualities in you because you are to me
1: the artist who will look at the tiny details, not just miss and pass over
0: mm-hmm.
1: something because you're too busy, but you'll actually go, oh, in the midst of all my busyness, I can still focus in on that little detail, that little piece of beauty. Yeah. So that came yeah.
2: from Grandma oh, Winters. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I love Grandma Winters. <laughs> Everyone loves Grandma oh. Winters. <laughs> okay,
1: so Michelle, somebody from your early childhood, um, or no, sorry, I'm skipping forward. No, we're still on family members. So mm. someone, a family member
0: that changed and influenced your life well it sounds like i'm copying but i had a fantastic grandma and I had a wonderful mother too but oh, and yeah. so i feel like i should mention my mother but i almost feel like we shouldn't mention our mothers yeah i did not know that I, we they're can't just given
1: mother. Right, yeah right yeah
0: but um i had a grandmother who was amazing um and she was very similar to yours in making everything just feel beautiful but she was simple and i my favorite memories of her where she taught me things um she, if you stayed at her home, she it, when you woke up for breakfast, she would be sitting at the table, and she has everything surrounded her. So she has moved the, the toaster to the table, and she has um, cereal and milk, not in their packages, but in separate serving bowls and she has a stack of toast that is ready to be buttered and there's butter and there's three kinds of jams and there's a bowl of oatmeal and you basically just got to eat at this buffet and she would sit at the table to serve you which is really interesting because you know most the time you have images of your grandmother or or mom or somebody standing at the table and bringing you all these things but she sat at the table and it wasn't that she was tired or whatever but she just let people wake up whenever that was Mm -hmm. and so she was just ready but then she was going to sit if she. going to butter your toast and but part of that was that she would sit and have a conversation with you she wasn't so busy around the kitchen that she wasn't interested in what you were talking about she wasn't going to have a conversation we had lots of conversations over at the dinner table um the other I thing that. that i love about my i want to do that sometime like i want my kids to wake up and i'm already sitting at the table with a toaster Just it never it's never happened yet has not happened, but I want that to happen. And um, The other thing I vividly remember about my grandma, she was so wise and she had lots of little things that she would say, come over and sit on the couch. And she would teach me things. But I remember one time um, I was with her and she said she wanted to take me to get some school clothes. And so we had gone to the store to get some school clothes. And it was a very weird experience because I was 11 and she's like, I'm going to take you to get some school clothes. But then she'd say, OK, we're going to sleep on it. And we're going to see what you really want tomorrow. Oh. I didn't know this was a two-day affair. I uh-huh. thought we were going to go to the store and buy things. Mm-hmm. But we looked at all kinds of things. And we, um, she did buy me a pair of jeans that day because she knew I would need those. But everything else was, let's see what you really want in the morning. And then in the morning, Such I was ready to lesson. go. I was like, hey, let's go. I, I know exactly what I want. And then she sat me down on the couch and she said, no, I am happy to buy you a few things. We're not going to buy everything. Let me tell you a little bit about money. And she told us about money, and she it was just me, even though I had other siblings, she was just talking to me, and she just talked about how, how the importance of a savings, and that we don't spend all the money that we have, and whenever you get money, you should save some for a rainy day, and you should so wait and great. sleep on things overnight, and every purchase, if you don't love it in the morning, you didn't need it. Oh, and so I think so of her great. every time I buy something and sometimes I still buy it right then and there because mm-hmm. I know I will love it in the morning. Oh, yeah. But there are other times where I'm like, do I really like that? I'll see if I like it. And often I don't. But I think of her also when I have money that comes in because I I'm a easy come, easy go kind mm-hmm. of person. The second mm-hmm. it comes, it's out mm-hmm. and gone, Burns yep. a hole in my pocket. And uh, I was spending it on the great things, but I try to think of her. Of how could I save this and what could I do later in the power of growing your money and just letting it be.
1: So anyway, she was a great woman. That's a great
0: lesson. I love that.
1: Okay. Well, I, am going to, I'm going to go ahead and go with the same theme and do grandma's because I just listening to the two of you. So interesting because you both describe scenes as you're talking about the person and the, and the feel and the touch and, in my going into my grandma Afton's house, you could immediately see what she valued she had a long entryway and on that wall were pictures on a corkboard and it was a long corkboard that filled the whole wall and at, th- at the time i'm thinking of she had um oh gosh she would have had 58 great grandchildren i believe wow. by the time and she was a mother of 12 but it was the pictures and they were snapshots and either they'd been sent to her or she'd taken them there were pictures that little kids had drawn the grandkids or the great grandkids had drawn and they're up there on with a little thumbtack and so here you have this this you know beautiful three story condominium but the first thing you see when you walk in is real life you know, is is the realness of it. And and that's really what I love about my grandma. I remember being a little girl and being in her kitchen. She was busy. She had to make bread. That's what she chose to do to feed her family. And so imagine how many loaves that it takes to feed mm-hmm. a family of 12. Now, my father was the oldest, the second oldest of 12. So I was kind of like this almost, well, six years younger than the two youngest siblings and so I hung out a lot with the aunts and the uncles that were in that teenage stage and and, and, and she would always have time for me, you know, for making bread. Here's your little mini loaves, mm-hmm. Jody, and you mm-hmm. do it like this. And Jana, like your grandma, she taught me to crochet, and I'd crochet the long strands that never turned into anything. But yep. she would go, oh, that's the most beautiful strand. <laughs> you are going to someday make an afghan. And um, and if I, she had a large sewing room, and I loved to sew when I was younger. And this sewing room was attached to where her laundry room was, but it was a large room. There were three sewing machines, wow. a and a white and I can't remember the other brand but you could sit at any one of those three machines and she had bins and bins of fabric you just pick out whatever you wanted to do oh, and fun. she'd say okay so what should you make you know what do you want to make today well in the third grade I sewed my first shirt I got to design it and she kept saying oh you're going to be a fashion designer someday Jody. it's just going to be so wonderful and <laughs> you never felt like she was lying you know and she had made all her daughter's wedding dresses had sewed them wow. so you know that I mean she has impe- you know she knows what she's talking about so my third grade Grade shirt. I will never forget it. It was brown and white gingham, okay, little checks, mm-hmm. and it had a clown collar on it with rickrack on it, and the left armhole was so tight that I couldn't really put my arm <laughs> down, and it hurt all day through the whole third grade when I made this shirt, but my grandma had cheered me on as I was making it, and so it meant everything to me, and I think that's, that's, she made me feel like I, I was the most important person, and she had a lot of people that she made feel that way. Mm-hmm. So as I get old, you know, as I got older and started to realize that, oh, I wasn't the favorite; everybody was her favorite, but that was her magic, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And she was actually passing away, and I got to mm-hmm. sneak into bed next to her when she was passing away, and uh, I loved that her hands had age spots and they were wrinkled and worn because those hands were those hands that taught me all those things, and they comforted me, they hugged me, and so. I think it's amazing what what somebody can do for your life when they make you feel good about yourself, when they make you feel loved. There's such power there, and grandmas certainly have the ability to do that. So Mm -hmm. three wonderful grandmothers. So somebody in your childhood or your teen years, pick one or the other, that made a difference in your life, that changed you, shaped you, influenced you. Someone in your
0: childhood or your teen years, what do you think? I have one hands down. It is Elaine Millett. When I was 14 years old, we moved from a place that I loved and had to move to a new place. And that is always traumatic when you're mm-hmm. 14. Mm-hmm. Um, she was my youth group leader, and she was an amazing woman who had eight children of her own, but made me feel like I was the only other kid in the universe. But she did that to everyone. She was like... a a huge champion of teenagers and youth and she would ask me about my plays and my dramas performances and my debate tournaments and she would follow up with me after she found them so it wasn't just asking what was going on a week later she would say how was your debate tournament or how did that thing go and I had no idea how she would remember all of these things Mm -hmm. while she has eight children of her own at the same time. But um, one of my favorite parts of her that I remember her all the time is that she's the one who gave me make it happen because anytime I ever displayed any of the tiniest ounce of doubt, she was like, Oh no, Michelle, you can do this, make it happen. And so I got make it happen from her and Mm -hmm. make it happen became my whole life mantra Mm -hmm. and a radio show for me and a book for me and a coaching program and a keynote. Like my, my life has forever changed because of those three words, but it wasn't just the three words. It was that I knew she cared about me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was that I knew that she remembered me during the week and that she didn't just ask and take an interest. She encouraged me to be the very, very best person I could be.
1: Oh, I love her. I know. Elaine, oh, her, I it, too. And Elaine
0: Millenet, Millet, I Ugh. can't even say her name. Elaine Millet. You changed my life.
2: Oh, bravo. I love it. Okay, Jenna. Okay, hey, mine was a piano teacher when I was 14. Same age, right? That's a really pivotal age. It's important age. Yeah, I was 14, and um, my mother said, you're ready for a big-time piano teacher. I'm going to take you to audition. And she took me to audition to these two different teachers, and um, Miss Almond was her name, and she was my mother's piano teacher growing up. And, oh, yeah, isn't that yeah. cool? And she was this concert pianist in New York who then just moved back and was teaching piano here in her later years. And she was like in her 80s, I think, when I was taking from her. But she did something so cool for me one time. She, I could tell that she liked me and I don't even know why because I'm seriously not that good. But I think because I have an artist's soul, then I kind of can make that come out in the music too. Even if I'm not super amazing at the piano, there's this expressive quality that comes out in my playing, right? So she was really, really took me on as, like, her, her, my champion, right? And so she, um, she gave my family a grand piano for me to oh, practice on. Oh, wow. She inherited a piano, and she already had two in her apartment, and she did not have room for another. So she gave my family this piano for me to practice on. And wow. then... Um, there was this concert pianist, Grant Johannesson, that was a friend of hers that was in town. And one day she called me up. It was like so early on a Saturday morning, like six or seven o'clock in the morning. And she said, she said, Jenna, you've got to come over right now. Grant is here practicing on my pianos. And if you will come in, I will sneak you into the back bedroom and you can listen. Mm. And so I went down there and... Um, And she opened the door and she was still in her pink nightgown and she sneaks me into her bedroom and she goes, "Now we'll just crack open the door a little and you can listen to him. So I got to be in there and listening to this extraordinary world-class pianist practice his routine for the concert that was going to be performed that night. It was incredible. But in a way, it's the same thing. This was a woman who cared about me, who went to... Extraordinary lengths to let me know that she cared about me, that she believed in me, that she thought that I had some potential that she could nurture, and she changed my life. Oh, Mm -hmm. that it's incredible what we can do, you know, for each other.
1: So I'm going to step back a couple years prior to being 12, and uh, that's an awkward age because you're becoming, you know, teenagery, but you're really still. (laughs) Tweenish. <laughs> so I'm in the sixth grade at Union Middle School, and Mrs. Ovison is my sixth grade core teacher. That means you had her for three hours. Mm-hmm. And she was dark hair, curly, curly black hair on top of her head. And every day we would arrive and she would say, hello, my growing, stretching, maturing sixth graders. <laughs> and I swear there's a novel for Mrs. Obeson. For this sure. Sunday, but I just, I, I would hear that and I would, and, and it just, it just, I mean, I'm 47. And so sixth grade was a long time ago. And I still remember that. Hello, my growing, stretching, maturing sixth graders. And <laughs> um, and that just meant something was happening. We were on the verge of something major <laughs> It was going to be big, you know. It was going to be exciting, and even though it's English and social studies and whatever, it just was that feeling that she gave. But I, I was, I was a little of a creative mind, a little bit uh, silly, I would say. Like for Christmas, I thought for my gift to Mrs. Obison because I worshipped her, literally worshipped her. Um, I decided <laughs> to create a song. Um, for her and perform it for the 6th grade class which today I just go oh my heavens people still remember this I put on yeah. my Santa hat and That's all I so remember cute. was it was to the what, what's the tune um, oh Santa here's here da 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 who da, 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 oh, da, Santa's da, got da. a beard Sa- that's Okay, long Santa's and white. yes. So I made up words that related to that's Mrs. So o. And all cute. I remember is Mrs. Oh, Mrs. Oh. Oh, we love, love, Mrs. O. Oh. So somewhere so in this world is Mrs. Ovison. And I I would love to find her someday. I've tried, and I have not been able to be successful. But that she would let me. I did many things throughout the year. Just, Mrs. Owison, can I, can I do this, you know? And uh, and, she, and the fact that she allowed me, um, I eventually stopped doing those things <laughs> for my teachers, which is kind of sad, but at the same time, probably a great relief. <laughs> but that she let me be me, I think that was just a, a great gift. That's mm-hmm. huge. That is huge. Yeah. Okay, so as a young adult or adult who influenced you who is a big influence on you in those those young adult years where you're becoming who you're going to be the rest of your life
0: i have to say an entire family of people so the Maggleby family are some of my dearest friends and i can look back at instances especially as a young adult and through my college years where they saved me like just emotionally saved me in different ways i um when I was 11, Brooke Bouchard was her married name. She moved in next door to me and she had two little children and I babysat for her and she was just super loving and great and uh, almost a second mom to me. She would be the closest to a second mom to me ever. And now as an adult, she's one of my dearest friends and I'm still in touch with her, but she kind of passed me around her family as the family babysitter. And so I got to know all of her brothers and, um, her parents and I've had different experiences with her family. So her youngest brother Morgan is is closer to my age and is has been one of my dearest friends. And um, I remember after I got divorced, he was he was there and was so super kind and nice. And um, when I was in college, I lived in Saint George where her brother Monty lived, and Monty and Stephanie kind of took me under their wing and brought me home on, made me feel home with them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm for Sunday night dinners and would invite me to their kids birthday parties and kind of just enveloped me when I was far away from my family they were kind of my family and now because of them when I drive to St. George I feel like I'm driving home like almost even more than right now I just think about challenges and trials that I had in college where they were there they would come and pick me up they would talk to me like I was the only one in the room and they would listen and just people who um, because they w- were kind and nice, because of their faith, and because of their the ways that they championed me in the gospel um, of Jesus Christ, I just am so grateful for them. and And now they've been been they are lifelong friends, and I've watched them have children and babies, and they've watched me have children and babies, and they were there when I got married. And so that whole family, I just it's e- that's easy that's an easy one for me.
1: it oh, gave you a good sense of belonging. Oh, I love it.
2: Okay, Jenna Okay, so the first one that popped into my mind was a friend in Pasadena. Her name's Barbara Bounds, and she's, I think, about 15 years older than I am. And so there was this really wonderful... My mom had just passed away maybe six months before we moved to Pasadena. And so I was a motherless child when I moved there, and I was a young mother. I had one baby. And Barbara was just enough older than I was that she... Um, that I could just watch her and I could just see her parenting what it looked like 15 years out and I loved her kids and I loved the way her home felt and I wanted my home to feel like that and I wanted my kids to be like that and so I watched her and she just modeled a lot of parenting for me but she also just kind of really took me under her wing as a friend and even though I was so much younger she didn't treat me like I was younger or stupider she, she treated me like an equal and like genuinely like a friend like a sister she was more like a sister and so So she's given me just so much in in terms of mentoring and tutoring what it means to be a mother. And she also is a natural nurturer and there were so many times when my life was really hard down there and she could see that I was stressed and she would just invite me over to her house and she said, now I'm going to take your kids upstairs to play with the Legos and I'm going to let you sleep in my daughter's bedroom. You just go in here and take a nap Mm -hmm. and don't worry about your kids. And she could just see that I was beyond exhausted and she would just, she she knew what I needed because she'd been there, right? Mm -hmm. And so she, but she would just literally just close the door and let me take a nap. Or, and lots of times I've had, I've had, I've had dreams or I have other times where I feel like I'm led to a restful place or I need to, and her home is my, my haven. It's like my oasis, my resting place. It is. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful.
1: Oh, I love it. And it's so fun
2: to just watch.
1: Our listeners can't see all the animation and all the <laughs> oh, I hand I just gestures. And, no, but we're just, we're excited about this. This yeah. is really wonderful. All right, so I want us to think about our life right now. Who is changing or has changed your life as it stands today? Who has changed your life? Mm. I don't want to give you any preconceived ideas or any, you know, I know uh, it's a hard one. I, I'll share mine, and I don't want it to to be that you have to choose yours as well. But as I thought about this, who has changed my life the most? Now, I'm going to, all three of us are Christian women, and I think we could do a whole entire show on how the Savior has changed our life, literally. But outside of the Savior, in this last um particularly in the last six months, I just have to, I have to credit my husband for changing my life. I, I've become more aware of how weak I can be in certain characteristics and how my weak points, a lot of those are his strengths. Mm. I've been doing a lot of self-introspection and some of it's been really uncomfortable because i've had to go to those places of oh i am really x y and z or oh it's true i need to recognize that if i want to if i want to improve this about myself i have to work on this aspect of my of my being but my husband he has uh, allowed me to be in a process of progression you know he's accepted my weaknesses and I'm recognizing this more and more as we're coming upon 26 years of marriage and, and knowing that we've had to work hard at it. But I, I have to credit him for how hard we've worked because he's been willing to work.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: been willing to show up. He's been willing to at times be silent when he could have given me many, many reasons to just walk out that door. And he would stay silent because he just knew I was working through my emotions. Um, He's been steady. He has been my rock. And sometimes even when I've given him um, my Italian lashing, you know, kind of that emotional, (laughs) like, I'm Italian and I can say whatever I want. You know, he's been able to say, hey, you know what, just you work through that and then let's talk later. But I... I, I tried so hard to say, okay, it's not my husband, because I thought, well, this could be a show about everybody but your mother and your husband. Mm-hmm. But you know what, He, I'm a better person today because he's he's helped me work on what isn't the best in me. Um, and I, I may never get to that best, but he is allowing me to to look at some of the aspects of my being and saying, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to get better, and and he loves me in spite of it. I've not been loved unconditionally um, to that extent, I think, by any other human being. Our parents don't see all of our imperfections, right? right? Because we grow up and move out. He sees all of them, and the comfort that it gives me that he loves me, and that he stands by me
2: is is pretty life changing. Oh, I, I totally say. agree. I totally agree. That was what came to my mind as well. I think Jeff has changed me more than anyone in my adult life and, and it's continuing to change me constantly first that I'm really grateful for so because of that I'm not going to ditto every single word that you said which I wanted to and I'm going to say my oldest son I think he changed me by because he was the first one and so I was a mother first with him right? but then I think of, of the things that we've been through with him and the things that I've learned through his challenges and his addiction and so many really, really hard things that we've been through with him, he's changed me as a mother and as a person. I think in many ways, the way he's grown and changed has inspired me so much. I see so much that I admire in him because of the way he has pulled himself up by the bootstraps and changed and become a better and a stronger person. And he continues to to change and improve he wants to be better every day and he's constantly working on himself and that is really an inspiration to me oh definitely inspiring hmm. all right michelle
0: if it's possible i'm speechless wow. i mean i know like and not because there aren't people but like i'm i'm funneling through people and in that, my head and it's, it's like so well how hard do you
2: to pick just one how do one? you pick just
0: one because yeah, yeah. my husband's amazing and I am so grateful, and um i I have great friends, like, and just picking one friend would make the other friends feel like they're not I know right But, and they all but it's contribute. Like, I love I love them all, and they've yeah. all given me different things, and I forgot um, some people that are influencing in terms of you know i'll I'll share one, which is um so I took a course from a friend of mine. That um, I know, but don't see very often. So she's the kind of friend that we keep in touch on Facebook, even though she only lives like 20 minutes away. I don't see her as much as I should, but I would definitely call her a friend. Um, And her name is Ashley Miller. And I took a a class from her, um, like almost a coaching program a year ago that was all about becoming closer to the savior and being connected to the spirit so that you could receive revelation. Mm -hmm. And so I have had some amazing experiences because of her and because of the questions that she has asked me to help me grow in my testimony. Um, But I'll also say that recently she did a, a course on miracles and watching miracles and expecting miracles and how to find more miracles in your life. And, and I would. I guess I would say that I'm at a place in my life where um, I've got much to be grateful for and very few complaints. Uh, even though I still complain from time to time, but if I <laughs> look at my life, um, I, there's, I'm very grateful and we are at a good good place. Um, but she has acknowledged that I am at a, at a plateau in the things that I am spiritually, mm-hmm. and that I have to challenge myself and the things that didn't that used to work for me three or four years ago to help me stay connected to the spirit don't work anymore and not because I'm not trying, but because I can feel heavenly father saying you can do more. Yeah. And so she has really ignited in me ways to spiritually connect with mm. my heavenly father that um, I've needed.
1: Oh, so we've beautiful. heard such good it. things today. When somebody stretches you and challenges you, especially to grow more spiritually, I mean, that's definitely life changing. So we hope that we have given you some good thinking Uh, or some, some, some thoughts that can help you generate other thoughts about who's changed your life. If you want to enjoy God's generosity, then let others enjoy yours. There will always be individuals whom you'll never regret meeting. So be generous with your thank yous and never neglect telling them, yes, you, you changed my life. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to give yourself, your family, and anyone who has changed your life for the better some living room.
0: Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.